Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. going to go into the whole thing about wiping your tears away after I destroyed one of your favorite games I last am wi- time. I am wiping my tears. It's been they a month, have Russ. stained my scarred Russ, nature. it's been a month. Yeah. Not a lot's happened in the last month. It's not like we filmed the previous review five minutes ago, okay? No, we didn't. Today, we are here to talk about a very special game, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. <laughs> It is the second time... Otherwise known as the game that Japanese people made because Americans are stupid. They had a... They had a... a, They liked doing that back in the day. As I was about to say, it is the second time that I know of that we are reviewing a Western-made JRPG game. Made by Americans... Because we're stupid. Because we can't handle... Because we can't handle the complexities of a Final Fantasy IV or a Final Fantasy VI. The other one was Secret of Evermore. Yeah. Yeah. Secret of Evermore was good, though. Secret of Evermore was good. This game was specifically designed to teach Western players the mechanics of JRPG. Because we're stupid. So it is, in many ways, intended to be Fisher Price's my first JRPG. So this is the Duplo of Final Fantasy. Yeah. You have to learn how to play with the Duplo before you can get into the Legos. The Lego. Exactly. So it was designed with an express purpose to teach people the mechanics of JRPGs. With that in mind, let's start with personal history. I am already an L. Personal histories are getting extremely repetitive. I feel like I should just like record them on my phone and then just like hold it up and play it back. Um, I I had Final Fantasy Mystic Quest for the Super NES um, year back in the '90s, and I was I will say just as disappointed in it back then as I am now. Um, I mean, by the time I played it, I had already played Final Fantasy Four Flash Two. I had already played like Secret of Mana, so I mean. I did not need the Duplo of Final Fantasies. I did not need an introduction into the very concept of a JRPG or RPG in general, teaching me how to play an RPG. Um, so I, so, so yes, 
so going into this review, I, I, I knew what to expect, and um, I was just as disappointed as I thought I was going to be. Uh, I rented Final Fantasy Mystic Quest a couple of times. Uh, I played it at friends' places, so I played it in little bits and pieces, but never any significant progress. This was my first time to spend some honest-to-God real time with the game. Um, and I remember, uh, I remember as a kid, it did seem sim simple. It did seem streamlined. But there was a certain charm to it that kind of stuck with me that I remembered, and we'll get into that. I want to read, I, I can't wait to hear the, the summary for this wonderful, wonderful piece of art. Art. Four monsters have stolen the keys that protect the crystals of the world and are draining them of their power. Now, only the prophesied knight, Benjamin, can stop them and save the world. I would have liked to have played that game. You just did. <laughs> You'll notice, usually when I write these stories, I'll even admit, normally when I write these story synopsis, there's more detail, they're a little longer. This is extremely generic. Any other detail that you could have added would have had to have come from your own imagination. Exactly. This game story is as generic as possible. In fact, even the names of the towns are, our countries is Windia, yeah, Aquaria. Aquaria. Foresta. Yeah. And Fireburg. Yeah. Absolutely zero time and energy was put into the story, There's, the setting, yeah. the lore. I this this game was so bad. In fact, did you know the hero's name was Benjamin? Yeah, I knew it was Benjamin. Which by the way, truly the name of a prophesied hero. Right, exactly. And he's just talking about his allowance. The great hero Benjamin. Benjamin. He is wearing armor for some reason. I mean, was he was he like was he like a squire to a knight? He's only sixteen, so yeah, I don't he, know. I, I mean, why is he wearing armor? Where does he come from? In the in the introduction, he meets a mysterious old man on a hill who tells him that he's the prophesied knight. Why did he know to go to the hill? Where did he meet this old man? I'll do you one better. At the end of the game, when you finally confront the end boss, there's a plot twist that makes no sense. <laughs> Do you remember the plot twist? Yeah. Where the boss says, Oh, you're here because of that prophecy. Well, I just made that up. <laughs> Why? Why did you and put out there that there was a prophecy that a chosen hero would rise up and destroy you? You're right. And who is the Dark King? Where did he come from? Is he just, is he like a god? Is he like evil incarnate? Was he the king from the kingdom that you were from that was destroyed at the beginning of the, I have so many questions. Now, if I want to try and give that plot twist more credit than it's due, he could have just said that to try to shake your confidence, right? Sure. He was trying to shake Ben's confidence by saying there is no prophecy. I mean, they've already put in so little effort. Yeah, so, yeah no, I don't, I don't think they did that. So I no. But there are other characters, aren't there? There are other characters. Yeah. There's um so you play as Benjamin through the whole game. 
and then one at a time, so you can only have two party members at a time, so one at a time, four other characters join you throughout the course of your request. There's Kylie Minogue. She's a little red-haired girl. With an axe. That, with an axe. She lives in the, the Earth, Earth country, or whatever, in the first thing, and she, um... Foresta. She's Foresta. And she's sick during a lot of the game. All of the other characters have a lot of health problems, I found. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm serious. The guy who falls like, off the bridge. Yes, like, so Kylie, so Kylie's with you for a very short period of time. She gets poisoned by a tree because we're already putting in no effort to the yep. story. Yeah. She's poisoned by a tree that turns into a minotaur. And then she needs the elixir, and then even once you go get the elixir, she just has to like lay in bed <laughs> yeah, yeah. for weeks. Thanks, I gotta sleep this off. Yeah, it's like she's just getting over the worst hangover. <laughs> um, and then so there's Kylie, and then there's Tristan, and he is a ninja, and he joins you less than any of the other characters. He joins to help you through the first dungeon. He throws ninja stars. He's I think supposed to be kind of a badass, but again, everything is so bare bones. It didn't really come off very well. And then he joins you to like walk across a bridge later in the game. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Um, and then there's Phoebe. Phoebe is a maid. I mean, I'm I amazed that you can remember all these characters' names because I don't. They just roll off of me. Well, they're unique. I do think the names <coughs> are kind of unique. In every game, no, but in in all games, names. Oh, just in all kind of... in all games, I do pretty much remember names. Yes. So Phoebe, I think, is supposed to be kind of a mage. She's a dumbass. She sets off a bomb that like that like buries her grandfather underneath their house. <laughs> Like, literally, Phoebe causes, like, three destructive, almost fatal accidents throughout the course of this game. So that's the character on Friends was based on her. It was, and she's blonde, too. And she, and anyway, and she, um, and then there's Ruben. And the knight. The, he's a knight. He's also a rock star. I don't know if you noticed at the end of the game that he's, like, on stage with the band in the fire world. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I think he's supposed to be, like like a rock god or something like that and i always liked him i liked his little outfit his like little red spiky armor or whatever and he uses a morning star i would have liked him to maybe be the main but then but then he's so frail too yeah, he, he, fell off he falls off a bridge and then he has to lay in bed in traction for a really long time and then like <laughs> something happens to him again when he's with you on the ship and he just like collapses. Maybe his wound opens from when he falls off the bridge. Anyway, I don't know. I just, it's all, <laughs> I just, because this game, okay, because this game was so bad with the story and so bare bones with the story, I kind of- You, you invested a lot well, of Well, I kind of loved that because I inserted so much <laughs> of like my own backstory. <laughs> about poor Benjamin and these four idiots <laughs> that, he has, that like he's he's already only 16 years old. He doesn't want to be this prophesized tonight. And then his companions are just like are like the four stooges of this world. <laughs> it's <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I love how they just introduce, I lo- like, in the last world, when you have to go to the tower that's been taken over by the giant bird, they keep making a big deal over saving Norma. You have to save Norma. And everybody talks about how you have to save Norma. She's like the scientist's daughter. Mm. And then literally none of that comes to fruition. Once you finally save Norma, she's just like a five-year-old girl that got locked in a tower by a giant bird. And I think she's in love with you or something. She wants to, like, be your bride when she gets older. But nothing nothing comes of that. You've messed up a lot into these characters. Nothing, cu- nothing comes of Phoebe's grandfather. Yeah. He's buried under the house. <laughs> and you literally have to, like, go all the way around the world so that you can dig a hole. And let him out. Through, like, through the underside of the cliff. It is so weird. And I thought back in the day when I played it, like, maybe he's going to join me. And he's going to be, like, the... Like the ultimate end all be all badass character, old man, you know, old man that kicks butt, and he's gonna guide me through this final dungeon. Nope, that's a Japanese and thing, just, and this is a Western and thing. And then it's just Phoebe again, who was the one that trapped him under the house to begin with. I don't have confidence in her ability to help me save the world. Uh, you were getting on me in the last review it's about what how I'm passionate saying. I was. See, I'm so- <laughs> This is great. <laughs> I, I have no other notes we for this section at all. We have completely reversed roles. No, I'm not. I'm not defending any of it. You're right. I mean, the the, <laughs> the 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 story is flat. The characters are flat. It's correct. It is. And anyway, I think I had, but I had fun playing it because of <laughs> because you built your own. I story. had fun with the story because you can you can project anything that you want on this cast of absolute losers. Okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to the combat system. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even talk about the nonsense story. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Let's do the no, nonsense. No, I'm just saying. There, like, there isn't a story, though. It's gather the four crystals. gather the four crystals because the world is deteriorating. So you gather the four crystals from these monsters that have stolen them. And in the first... And that unlocks the path to the final boss. Right, and in, the, in the deterioration of the world, like in the first world, it makes sense because the forest is dying. The forest so that is makes dying. sense. In the second world, it's just winter. It, well, it's, it's the water has stopped flowing. But it's just winter. And then, and then, the, and then in the third world, the volcano it's, is it's active. Earthquakes because of the active volcano. And then in the fourth one, the wind isn't blowing, right? Well, first the wind's blowing too strong. Oh yeah. And then you and then you like stop the wind, and then you build a rainbow. I I know we really should just move on to combat because I think I might stress myself out talking about this. Russ is anymore. gonna have a stroke. I am over this a game that I'm, has no story. This is how I'm going to die. Okay, so combat system. Yeah. So, so now we're moving on to the combat system. Yes. And I got a lot to say about that. Let me set the stage. Uh, it is Dragon Warrior-esque, except you can see your characters at the bottom of the screen. And there right? are only two. You only get two characters. There's no special abilities. Uh, there is limited amount of spells. Uh, and your second party member can either be automated or under your control. Mm-hmm. Which, again, goes back to the whole, let's teach you how these games work. Yeah. 
Like if you if, if you're advanced, then you can control two people. <laughs> right. Yes. It really jarred me that they have a essentially a cast of five playable characters, and you didn't get all five playable characters. I mean, I'm talking about, I played this game also coming off of, like, Final Fantasy Legend 2, or whatever. They give you five, they give you that bonus, right? They give you five characters all at the same time. On the Game Boy. On the Game Boy. But yes. this was meant to be educational. This is bare bones on purpose. I don't think, I don't feel, well, I'll say that about the battle system. Okay. So you have, there are three types of magic. We'll talk about yeah. the magic. There are three types of magic. There's white magic, black magic, and then wizard magic. Which, which is, is just, just really powerful black magic. Right, exactly. And so you, so Benjamin, over the course of the game, collect you collect the spells. They're like spell books, or the wizard magic is orbs, or whatever. And then you have a set number of MP, like in each category. You have more white magic points than black magic and then more black magic than wizard magic points. And over the course of the game, Benjamin learns all the magic. Mm -hmm. Well, the ca other characters that join you, I mean... They specialize. They specialize. Phoebe is intended to be a mage, I guess. So she knows a little bit of each category. And then the second time, because each character joins you I think twice. Tristan just knew Cure. Well, that's what I was getting around to. Oh, is Tristan... Tristan and Ruben, the boys, only know life. They only know life, which again harkens back to the Duplo of RPGs, that that is just in case you die. In case Benjamin gets killed, they can bring him back to life. But I'm like, why have all of these spells? And then they give you these characters that join you, and literally all they can do is attack or revive you. Like, why would Ruben not know maybe the ice magic because you're in the fire world. And that would actually help you out in battle more than him just being able to revive you. That's fair. Kylie, the second time she joins, she knows a little bit more. She knows like a wind spell. She's or been something. studying while she was in bed. Well, she yes, she was in bed and Phoebe was watching over her, so I guess she was reading to Kylie from her spell. But see how I've projected? <laughs> I guess like Kylie was convalescing uh. and Phoebe was reading from her wind spell book. And Kylie was just like, <laughs> Jesus, I have to just listen to this. And she learned to spell. So that's the magic system. This game loves status effects. That, so yes, that much. was going to be my next. It is the most excruciating thing. Other Final Fantasy games, they give you all these status spells. They don't really use them a lot. And if a boss uses a particular status effect a lot, it's notable because it's like, oh, that's the boss who does this effect. It's a boss. Like, yes, you it's a know boss that, that does it. This is. All enemies do it constantly. So many of the enemies confuse you. And when you... And that's... Or stone. Stone. You don't even understand. So... <laughs> I played it. I understand. No, I know you. Okay. I'm just getting really... I noticed. Really fired up about this. Stone. Yes. So many enemies. Stone. And it's just an instant kill. And it's like... That harkens back to why are there only two characters? <laughs> why are you only allowed to control two characters when feasibly, if you're facing three enemies, like those birds in the ice dungeon or whatever, you're facing three birds and they all cast stone, you only have two characters, so you're just defeated. But what Instantly. happens when you're defeated? And all of the... 
And thank God it does. When you're defeated, you can instantly start that battle over again. An unlimited amount of times. And you will see in the glorious footage that I captured that I fought bosses that just stone stone. <laughs> I was like two hits away from beating them. Stone stone. And that's the other thing is the, the uh, status... They use so many status ailments, and the status ailments are 100% effective. Well, I was going to say this Maybe not absolutely 100%, but I mean the number of times that a status ailment missed. I was going to say this for innovations, but we'll put it in here. Did you collect all the armor? Yeah. Okay. Yes. As you go through the game and you acquire armor, armor is automatically equipped, and it stacks, and the better armor has effects that stack. Right. By the end of the game, you are completely immune to all status effects. Yeah. But as the, as the, game, the game, game goes on, Benjamin, only Benjamin, becomes increasingly immune to an increasing number of status effects. So the game does kind of give you a feeling of really getting more powerful as you get near the end because you start laughing off stuff that was ruining your life five hours ago. And it was so excruciating when it was ruining your life. Yeah. But then a couple hours later, you just stone. Yeah. Cute. Smash. You know what else I hated? What else did you hate, Russ? The enemies that reflected magic. There are, like, enemies towards the end of the game that just have, like, a magic shield, and they just reflect magic. I don't use magic that often, so it didn't affect me as much. I loved using magic. It makes the game go so much faster. I may have for a majority of the game used an exploit where you can have unlimited magic because it makes the game go so much faster. <sighs> and the battle system is... It's so, Cheater! Every battle is so tedious. Every battle is just incredibly tedious. When you're playing it, when you're playing it without a cheat. When you're playing it the real like way. Like I did. Like a man. And you have so little limited magic points. Because you're dodging off the you're dodging off the status effects, so you can't even like. Yeah, but you can cycle through the various weapons. The weapons, enemies have weaknesses to particular weapons. They do. So you can cycle through and find their weaknesses. It's all very tiresome. Okay. And there are so many there are so many monsters in every dungeon. Yeah, but you don't have to fight them all. You don't have to fight them all. It's not random but. encounters. Again, this is I'm pulling from my innovation section, but it does one thing. It does a thing that I like in games, which is visible encounters. It does have visible encounters, but again, we talked in our last review about mazes. Like every dungeon is a maze, so you don't. They start out simple, but they get going. they get increasingly complex, I mean, which is the theme of the game. The game starts out simple and ramps up in everything. Once you get to the tower, once you get to that bird tower, and you have to climb, like, all of the even number levels, and then you have to go back down to yeah, the odd number levels. Yeah, that tower is rough. And you have to flip switches on these You have to turn off number. the elevator on the, yeah. Yes, because you have to ultimately confront the bird on the third floor while the elevator is off so that he can't fly away. Actually, it's fairly randomized. Floor. You just have to have the elevators off on the floor he's on before you talk to him. You can all you can confront him on like the third floor immediately. That is needlessly complicated. 
Me, I had to go all the way up and down the tower like twice before I confronted yes, him. But it is right. possible because to you have confront to totally him almost immediately. Turn the elevator off. He'll run away if you do. If it's off on the floor he's on before you talk to him, you fight him. That is too complicated. I didn't. I wasn't able to take advantage of that, but it is possible to. It is possible for that dungeon to be much shorter. They're too complicated. There are too many. There are too so many this, random encounters. The Duplo of Final Fantasy is Not too random complicated. Encounters, but the Duplo yeah, of Final yes. Fantasy is too complicated. Correct, because actual Final Fantasy. It's too Fantasies, dumbed down, and it's too complicated. Actual Final Fantasies don't have complicated dungeons like that. Real Final Fantasy. It's too dumbed down, and it's too complicated. Got it. I'm the, I'll, I'll make a note. Yeah, please do. The story is too deep. simple <laughs> and too complicated. That's what I'm saying. What I am saying is got it. I wrote it down. That if this was supposed to be like the training session to get you into other RPGs, they failed. No, I got it. It's too simple and it's too complicated. I wrote it down. We're good. Did you have more you wanted to say about the combat system? Because I have innovations to talk about, and there's actually a lot of them. I think I've I think I've gotten it all out. This has been like a great therapy session. <clears throat> then let's get to innovations, and I'll talk for a bit. <laughs> to dungeons because you you have to like move objects around for you to be able to leap into right mm -hmm. the right places uh, you can also use your various weapons on the on the mini map on the map as you're walking around and like the claw lets you climb things and bombs open up caves and you can chop down trees and hit switches mm -hmm. so uh, there's like a, it's that. a lot more will, than just walking around I will give it credit for that I liked the jumping and I like the using weapons I actually wish they would have used it more I feel like by the by the final dungeon, I liked the final dungeon. I really did. I felt like it, it was not too long. It was not too complicated. It was a nice overview of everything. You it was an floor. overview of everything, and I feel like right in the final dungeon, it started using the jumping and the weapon abilities as much as I wanted to be able to use them the whole game. There was a point in the game where I had to go, oh yeah, I can jump, because I hadn't done it <laughs> you so long. Done in a long time. Uh, and then, oh yeah, I can do that. But all of a sudden, in that last dungeon, you're having to cycle and use your sword and your bomb and jump here and do that and that, yeah. There was another thing that this game does that you rarely see that I really liked. As enemies take damage, their sprite changes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you can actually see that you're wearing them down. And I really like that. Even if you one-hit kill an enemy, it actually cycles through all of its animations before it dies. And I actually like... Why couldn't more old-school RPGs do that? I liked that effect. It was a good like, visual representation of taking damage. You can save the game anywhere, and it doesn't cost a limited resource. You can just save anywhere you want yeah. to. Losing the battle gets you to try again, we talked mm -hmm. about. Visible encounters, which I infinitely prefer to random encounters, we talked about. Mm -hmm. They actually codify the grinding process. They actually found a way to get you to grind without without you having to think about it too much. Because they created those monster encounter areas. Mm -hmm. You go here, and there are ten combats in here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And when you get to the end, you'll get usually a worthless little reward. I mean, it usually wasn't worth anything. You get a little bit of extra experience. You get money. some experience or some money or some items. And then a couple of them give you spells or whatever. But the fact that it's tricking you into grinding for people who aren't used to grinding in these games. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, i got to get to the bottom of this dungeon. Congratulations, you just grinded. Good job. Yeah. So I kind of like that they, they worked grinding into the mechanics of the game. Uh, although, uh, one thing I did take advantage of that was really cheap of me, treasure chests respawn. Yes. So mm -hmm. I'd find an area that had like a treasure chest with potions right near the beginning. Yeah. Just go in, grab the chest out, in, grab oh, the chest out. Get in, grab unlimited cure potions yeah. in like the first town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I and that's that what, and that's that is the one saving grace of like your limited MP is by the time you're towards the end of the game, you can even get like unlimited seeds that restore your MP. And it had one other thing that I really like that we've only seen once before in this mm -hmm. in this series. It had a boss glitch. Oh, I was going to talk about yeah. I, I love a good boss glitch because for me. Largely, when I'm playing games, it's for the story and the characters. By the time I get to the end boss, I've seen the story and the characters. I don't need the big... I don't need the boss to be the most challenging battle. Like, I'm here. I'm done. Can he just die? So it's fun for me, like in Final Fantasy Legend, Chainsaw to God. Right. <laughs> God is dead. This boss has some weird glitch where if the hero casts Cure on him, it causes massive damage. I, I cured him four times and he died. Yeah. But, for some reason, if my companion cast Cure on him, it cured him. She actually cures him. Yeah. Uh, and I did a little bit of reading, and it has it has to do with variables. If your magic skill is within a certain range, it damages him. If it's below or above that range, it cures him. So your companion is too good at magic, and Cure works correctly. Which also means if you cheat and alter your magic power, you can't use this glitch. Yeah. So I just thought that was fun that I got to the end boss and just went, cure, 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 cure dead. And it kind of makes sense. To, again, all the, all, the, uh, all the the stuff that I inserted into the Barebone story is maybe he's a zombie. I maybe do the like Dark King is an undead zombie. And this game had one combat. I love it when a game lets you do this. Where it has a boss that is very clearly undead, and then the two cases I can think of, this being one of them, it's a it's a bone dragon. I mean, it oh, is yeah. it is a skeletal dragon, and you cast life on it, and the boss is dead. Right. I love that. Final Fantasy V is the other one I can think of that has that. It has a bone dragon boss. Yes. You just go life, and it's dead. Yeah, Final Fantasy in general does that. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's not often it lets you one hit kill a it's boss. It's not all the time, right? It's not all the time. <clears throat> so my favorite innovation was the exploitation of the magic system with the life spell. Because life, you can cast on a party member that is not dead, that is not KO. I never did that. You And life works as a full cure and heal combined. Interesting. So if you have a status ailment, if you get a status ailment... Which you will. Which you will constantly. You can cast the life spell on a party member and it full heals them and heals the status ailment. I did not know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's the main one, and that's all that harkens back. I keep saying harkens. That just goes back to the reason why, like ever, like Tristan and Ruben have life spells. You know, it's like they give you this life spell because it literally just is 
everything. You can't multi-target it, though, so you can't do it on both characters at the same time. Did you have any other innovations? No, I think you pretty much covered the innovations. And the innovations that we covered are the, th are the, good, are the positive points. Yeah, even game. Russ, who really dislikes this game, will point out that some of these things are good. Some of these things are well-made. Yeah. Story was terrible. Battle system was excruciating. But but the web using the weapons and the jumping and the... Yeah, those were, those, those were real innovations. And those are things that even in other games since then, you know, aren't common. So let's move on to something else this game actually does really well. Yeah. Let's move on to the music. We are going to um, serenade you with a rendition of the Final Fantasy Mystic Quest movie featuring an oboe and a trumpet. Excuse me. No, just kidding. Um, you would not want me here to play the trumpet. Even when I actually played the trumpet, I was not good at it. And unless you're an expert oboe player, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody. Yeah, the oboe, oh lord. Unless, unless yeah. it's done perfectly, it is <laughs> right. really not pleasant. Um... No, but seriously, Final so Fantasy who the composers? music, we got Yasuhiro Kawakami, um, who composed Tetris. Okay. The that's, music for Tetris. Yeah, that's notable music. Yeah, that's Kawakami music that will live with you forever. And we have Ryuji, uh, Ryuji Sasei, um, who worked in anime, notably on Adventures of the Little Koala. So I did the research for this. I did, he worked on several other animes. I don't know anime. I'd heard of this one. Yeah, I'd never even seen it, but I'd heard of it, so I put it down as notably. Yeah. Because I'd heard well, of it, it was and if I'd heard of it, craze. most people should have. The, the koala craze in Japan. Yeah. Japan, I remember the hamster craze in Japan. Anyway. He also worked on Final Fantasy Legend Final Fantasy Legend 3. And here's the thing. He is known for having a distinct, like, rock music um, sort of style, and you definitely hear that. You absolutely hear that in Mystic Quest. There is heavy metal influences heavy metal. throughout this game. Yeah. Uh, you may remember long, long ago, we had Lauren help us out in a couple music sections. Uh, Secret of Evermore, in fact, was one of them. Yes. Uh, and Lauren talked about, this was one of her favorite video game soundtracks, was Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Because of the metal sound, because it was, that makes it unique. Not, not a lot of games, not a lot of games, period, go for metal, especially fantasy. Yeah. It's very distinctive. It's, it's really enjoyable. It is enjoyable. It's why it was included on the the, the theater rhythm game that I love so much. Looking online, because I dug around a little online for this game, uh, and we'll get we'll get to why in closing thoughts. I'll talk about that. But uh, one of the things that almost everybody remembered about this game was the music. Mm -hmm. People could say anything else they wanted to about the game. Nobody had anything negative to say about the music, and the music was one of the primary things they all remembered. And Russ and I don't talk about music much, because really we're hoping for the music not to touch us. Like, that's perfect. The music right. did its job yeah. if it didn't make us notice right. it. In this case, you notice the music, because most of the songs, this is perfect, most of the songs in this game, battle themes, dungeon themes, all of them, are what you would expect from the final boss theme of most JRPGs. Yeah, that's true. The final boss theme is that one that you remember. It's the it's the most energy, it's the most frantic, and it's the most memorable. And this one is actually there at every part of the game. They all have that level of 
impact of energy. So it's actually, it's really enjoyable. Yeah. I know. I agree with all of that. So these two guys did an excellent job. I don't know why we don't see more music like that. As Russ pointed out, it's in the... the the only reason Final Fantasy Mystic Quest is mentioned in Theater Rhythm at all yeah. is because I of how good the soundtrack Benjamin is. Benjamin is a character in Theater Rhythm <laughs> because, because they included they like songs from his game. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and and I'll say oh. a lot of the time when I play, especially when I play games for like the old games for our reviews, I turn the sound off and I listen to a podcast. I do too. Yeah, because we're reviewing music for games and we don't yeah, listen to but it. But my point being, <laughs> with this one, I I kept the I mean I kept the sound on a lot because I want at least as I entered each new area and whatever, yeah. I kept the sound on because I wanted to hear the new track um, from the new area. So, and again, in the story that I created in my own head, it's Ruben and his band <laughs> that wrote all. <laughs> <laughs> like wrote all of this music for a bonus uh, and I do actually recommend going on YouTube looking for Final Fantasy Mystic Quest OST you will find one on there that's the entire game in one track and at the very beginning are two remastered like compilations of the th of various themes done by a heavy metal band it's actually really good so um, I do recommend listening to the music from this yeah. So even I would give the music an A+. Plus. Absolutely. Yes. The music... And what's funny, too, is I feel like we said all these same things about Secret of Evermore. Secret of Evermore had that very ambient soundtrack. There was music in Secret of Evermore? <laughs> I think Secret of Evermore, what I'm saying is these, like, American-produced Square games or whatever, I think they put a lot of effort... In, into the music. I don't know if that was consciously to... Well, Secret of Evermore was a good game, though. But if this was, like, to... <laughs> to, uh... To... I don't know what word I'm trying to say. To compensate for, like, a crappy... Actual... Playing experience. They're like, we're gonna do great music. Alright, let's go ahead and let Russ get this all out of his system with Final Boss. <laughs> weird final thought that I'm going to have is that I hated the mechanics of this game. I hated the battle mechanics. Um, I didn't hate all the mechanics. I hated the battle mechanics. I liked the stuff that they did with the weapons and jumping, and I wish there would have been more of that, but hated the battle mechanics. The story was so bare bones and so miserable. I actually really enjoyed it because I was able to insert a lot of my own weird humor into it and that's sort of what kept me motivated to keep going and like be excited every time there was a rare and they are rare when you get like actual narrative cutscenes um, so so a lot of my enjoyment out of this game just came from like me making fun of it <laughs> like screaming at all the terrible things that it was doing to me um, so, my score, my score is, I mean, I would give it a C <laughs> in terms of actual playability and in terms of, like, recommending that somebody go play this. It's, it's supposed to be the RPG that teaches you how to play RPGs, but RPGs are so prolific now that there's no necessity for that. I mean, every game is, has RPG elements. I mean, you play, like, 
some first-person shooter or whatever, and there are RPG elements in terms of, like, you get experience and you unlock a new ability or you upgrade your gun through these parts. So everything has RPG elements now, and there's no reason to play a game that teaches you about RPGs. Um, so I give it a C on its actual mechanics and narrative, and then I give it, like, <laughs> then I give it, like, an A+, plus on just if you really want to have fun making fun of something. So, like Russ, and I didn't anticipate this, I, I really am of two minds about this game. As we addressed last time, the reason I hated Lunar 2 with such passion was because the story let me down. Because they dangled a great story at it and they wouldn't let me at it. This one didn't even have a story, really. And I've said time and time again, story and characters are my primary driving factor in these games. And I can't argue, if I approach this game with my normal mindset, with that attitude, this game blows. There is no story, there are no characters. So, I, and I knew that going into it. I knew that's not what this game was made for. So, while playing this game, I tried to adopt a different mindset. I tried to take the game in as it was meant to be taken in, the, the way it was designed. It was designed as Fisher Price's My First JRPG. So as I played it, I tried to see it through that lens, like I'd never played one of these before, and it was a training simulator for these kinds of mechanics. And in that respect, I feel like it did its job very well. For the reason it was made, I would give it a B plus. If I was actually judging it as I normally judge these games, and maybe it's not fair that I'm not, it would definitely be a C- or an F, because there are no characters, there is no story. But that wasn't the point of this game, and you could tell that wasn't the point when they didn't even come up with names for the worlds. Forresta, Firebird, Windia, Aquaria, done. Like, it is generic and plain as possible. Now, I talked about, I went online and I did some digging around. And I actually found a lot of people with fond memories of this game. I found a lot of people who this did introduce them to JRPGs. This was the first one they played, and after that they devoured the genre with a voracious appetite. And that's exactly what this game was meant to do. If you are a JRPG veteran like Russ, you probably will not find much in this game for you. At this point, the best this game could hope for from you is scoring nostalgia points, if that's the case. But when it came out, for its purpose, it did its job exceedingly well, I thought. You actually, it increases in complexity as you go along. Because of the, you getting the new armor, which makes you immune to more and more as you go on, you feel like you're making progress, you're becoming powerful. You can turn on and off your companion, like, oh, that's too much, I don't know how to do that. It accomplishes its goal well. Was its goal worth it? Russ would say no. Russ, especially nowadays, Russ would say no. Because anybody who's playing games nowadays can wrap their head around this. I can't say whether or not it was necessary for this game to come out when it did, whether or not it was needed, like they clearly thought it was. But it, it accomplishes its stated goal well. I will give it a B-plus for that. Brought to you by A&W <clears throat> Diet Root Beer.
There's in just, the letter C. There's just no way I could have played that game from the same approach that I play most of these games. I, it would have driven me insane with there being no story and no characters. I couldn't have done like you did and inserted myself into it. Yeah. Uh, so kudos for you for that. And I just, I had a mental break yes. and chose to look at play it as a different person. <laughs> I became a guy named Steve. Steve had never played a JRPG before. And Steve was ready to find out what they were all about. Okay. And I just came up with my own fascinating story. As you always do. Yeah. So if you want to play Final Fantasy Mystic Quest... Get you a Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. It was on a uh, Wii Virtual Console, which I don't think exists anymore. So, there you go. So, <laughs> I guess if you already downloaded it onto your Wii, yeah, you can play it there. Now, Russ, you picked the next game. I didn't pick the next game. And the next game is definitely a departure style oh, yeah, for us. it is. It is the first game we've played on this particular system. Uh-huh. And it's a current. It is it's a, a modern, current it's game. It's a modern game. Uh, from the time that we will record the review, it came out like a month, maybe. Yeah, to a month or two. I old. mean, it can, yes, it is an infant. It is a tiny infant of a game. And what game are we talking about? We are playing Octopath Traveler. For what system? For the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, current game. Because. Nothing on Home and the RNG said it had to be old no. school games. And this is we just have to start from the beginning of franchises, which yeah. is my rule. Octopath Traveler is the beginning of a franchise. Yeah. Oh, I haven't even thought about it becoming a franchise. <laughs> well, that's another thing we can talk about next time. Gotcha. Look See you guys to next it. time. Bye. Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaurproductions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you. I don't know what animes are big or what aren't, but I'd heard of that one before. So I put that down as most notably. That's not, I'd that's heard not of. the same as Noozles, is it? No. Okay. Uh, so at one point, the Japanese zoo famously got two koalas from Australia. God, that always happens in Japan. And it was the first time they'd had koalas. Mm -hmm. And Japanese culture then went nuts for koalas. And there were like three animes that came out at the Lucky same time about koalas. All the koalas. Time. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I have the Noozles on DVD. I know. I haven't watched it, but I have it. I'm just glad you remember the Noozles. I, I remember watching I remember them. almost nothing about it except Ex Eskimo Kisses brought them to life. Yeah. And Ayer's Rock showed up in, like, flashbacks um, or something. My mom, this is such a funny story, she would watch the Noozles with me and I. she would make me laugh because she would always say, Where is this girl's mother? She'd be like, oh, because it was always just her and the koalas and the grandma. Yeah. And she would be like, what, like, what is this woman's mom doing that she's leaving her, her preteen daughter and her elderly mother to run around <laughs> with two living koala bears? And that made me laugh more than, like, the show itself ever did. <laughs> she, she would be like, she would be like, who is this woman with this latchkey kid? 
and like an old, and like an old grandma. Anyway, okay, go ahead. It was twenty years ago that Final Fantasy Mystic Quest dragged me into the depths of the underworld. It was twenty years ago today. Sergeant Pepper taught the boys to play. Jeff is rapping. No, I was doing Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Oh, okay. I didn't know. At least we'll be on the same page with Octopath Traveler, probably. Maybe. I feel like the best reviews are where I fucking hate the game. <laughs> because I can't. <laughs> because that's when I get Because apparently you can't come back from having your game torn into. I can't, no. 